Welcome to the Culture Builders podcast channel, looking at how individual and team performance builds strong cultures. Hosted by Jane Sparrow and Chris Preston. You are listening to a deep dive episode. Hello and welcome to the Bank Me podcast. You're listening to Owen Cook. I'm very happy to be joined today by Hilary Wells. Hilary runs her own business, The Third Approach, and is also the HR director for Hawkeye. Welcome, Hilary. Thank you. Thank you so much for giving the time today to talk to me. Real pleasure to be with you. I was hoping today we might be able to talk a little bit and find out a bit more about your perspective on people and the connections to high performance and also organizational growth. So I'm wondering if, just for my curiosity, we can start with just your journey. You know, what, what's brought you to where you are today uh, that we might later kind of draw on and tap into? Sure. So I guess I'm an HR professional all my working life. Um, started on a graduate program with a car rental company, believe it or not. But that's really where I started learning about getting graduates into a business, how to orientate people in all of those sorts of good grounding in HR. Um, and then went on to do some more commercial HR in, in Twinings in, uh, in, in the UK, which was a, a fascinating business. It was a, um, owned by ABF, which is still a family-owned business. And obviously Twinings is a very strong family brand. And just understanding how to uh, work in a highly commercial environment that, that has very particular values to it. So that that was very interesting. I then did a little bit of time with um, local authority, which was also interesting. Um, probably isn't isn't where I'd choose to spend most of my career, but I have the greatest of respect for people that that work in those environments, especially in the HR field. And then I spent a, a good few years working for a wine merchant called Berry Brothers and Rudd up in in London. A very old traditional, well, feels from the brand a very traditional business. Actually, it's a real blend of the old with the new in in terms of its culture and in terms of its brand proposition to the to the consumer as well again a family-owned business but the executive were were not family majority were not family so that caused some real sort of interesting sort of case study points I guess about how you will blend executives and high-performing executives with family and who are also obviously high-performing but perhaps have different views and different outlooks on how to organize business and then from there, I started my own business and then have also been working, as you, as you mentioned at the start, with Hawkeye, which, is, which started as a, might call a family business, but, you know, an in, in, innovative entrepreneurial business and then sold to Sony about seven years ago. And I've been with them for a few years and on a real steep growth trajectory, real changing journey from, um, from one sort of business to, to another whilst trying to maintain certain key elements of it within a, within a big business. So yeah, that's, that's here I am today. And, and I do a lot of OD work with other companies and those sorts of things too. It's a fascinating journey you've gone through there. And, and I feel like we should tap into a few different bits of, of your journey at different points. So later on, I'm, I'm hoping we can come back to maybe looking at the, the family run aspect sure. of Twinings and how that influences the way people and culture are dealt with. 
versus maybe you said a uh, Berry Brothers and Rudd, good mix of the old and the new. So what might have been different in that environment? But I'd like to start with the most recent experience, if that's okay, looking at Hawkeye and if there's relevant stuff from your other experience around um, growing organizations at scale, bringing up you know, a lot of people in maybe in short amounts of time. Uh, how do you integrate them? What's some of your kind of learning, the, the people-orientated things you've had to really focus on during that journey? Yeah, so I guess Hawkeye is a is a really useful example of that. I think from from my understanding, when Hawkeye sold to Sony or was was acquired by Sony rather, I think there were thirty employees in the business. And as it stands today, there's about six hundred employees with the same again in contractors, which are a huge part of the business and extremely important. So so, so clearly, that's um, in in seven years, that's quite a significant growth and even over the last two years when I when I started doing some work with them I think the business was at 250 employees so so the majority of that growth has happened in the last few years which is which is largely why why I became involved with them so the original brief I guess when I started working with them was you know we have 200 or 250 people we need to pretty much double in the next year or two our structure isn't going to be capable of doing that it's not uh, robust enough it's not it hasn't hasn't kind of got the foundations to it correctly and so it 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 may become chaotic if we don't do something so I think the first the first step in that was definitely to understand the direction of travel for the business understand the strategy of course and understand really where the growth drivers are and not only geographically, but in terms of its product offering, as well as its kind of commercial capabilities and where those investments are going to be. And then really understand how we can organise that so the flow of activity through the business can can be fairly straightforward and fairly simple, regardless of how many people we kind of dump into a business. So that, that was the first stage. And really, we looked at making sure that the innovations were still um, capable of coming to the fore in a business that was much weightier when it came to people and probably process too. And process is a really interesting one, I find, when it comes to scaling a business, a fast scaling business, because on the one hand, with a small business, very light, light processes typically, and a very large corporate typically again quite heavy process and what we were specifically trying to do with Hawkeye was not damage the culture or or change the culture I guess by creating too many processes so we were very specific that we needed to ensure that we were safe from a a compliance and and also a uh, efficiency point of view with our processes but without creating too much that actually affected us in, an, in a negative way and I think that is an ongoing challenge regardless of how business uh, grows from here on in I think that's something that the business needs to continue to focus on because it would be very easy to become complacent and to over process a business like that. So process aside, then really it was about identifying where the talent needed to come from and, you know, understanding the, you know, there's a good few people in that business that have been there from the beginning, hugely valuable to the business. And it was really about making sure those people were in the right roles and some of them weren't. So so it was just a bit of a reorganization in that sense and, and really working with those guys to understand where the biggest uh, value is that they can deliver and getting them and freeing them up actually to, to be able to do that. So that was the first point in terms of talent. And, and I 
guess then it's identifying where the critical mass is going to be. And for us in Hawkeye, obviously with goal line technology and VAR, f- football was was always going to be the biggest, I suppose, strategic growth uh, globally. So we, we we looked around the world to see where the biggest football nations are, and 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 it's not a surprise that we then made sure that we were understanding what the talent market was like in those regions and making sure that we had access to the right levels of talent in 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 and around those regions which sounds fairly straightforward but in a business that we're trying to run lean from a back office point of view and be efficient with our costings then we don't use agencies for example to find talent we'll we'll always direct source ourselves so that, that 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 was an interesting challenge, and then I guess there's the massive piece of culture, and in a growing business, it's about maintaining the kind of culture, being very intentional actually about culture, and organisational culture in different regional and geographical cultures. So I do want somebody to to be able to to look on site and look at a Hawkeye operator uh, with their with their black Hawkeye T-shirt and a and a little orange badge, and know that they are a Hawkeye operator regardless of whether or not they come from Brazil or Germany or the UK or any region that we operate in. And some of that is about uh, moving our people around and uh, sharing the knowledge, sharing the wealth. A lot of it, of course, is about communication. And it's about every small decision that we make as an HR team, but also as a, as a senior management team, leadership team has a view on culture, uh, has an aspect of culture that we're discussing. So even down to the point where innovations and products and, you know, the, the, the core parts of the business are being discussed, then we'll always have a flavour of culture that we're talking about at that point too. You've touched on three things for me there, culture, process and talent, and the, and the links between them I think are really strong. So you're talking about an environment that's focused on innovation and the balance between innovation and process. Need some, not too much, otherwise you stifle it. Therefore, if you're looking for talent, you're looking for talent that can understand the process and what's required, but that can adapt and uh, perform in between the lines. And, and you're also talking then about people who have the right fit, I suppose, for the culture. So what do they bring as a person and, and the way they're orientated, the way they work. So thinking about this recruitment challenge, this growth challenge that you were faced with, what, I don't know, two or three things might have been front of mind for you at every stage when you were thinking about getting the right people, the right talent in, regardless of the market, whether it's the UK or abroad? We were really clear that we have a, not a policy, but a way of working, which is about promotion from within. So we're always going to be looking for people with potential. So that's the, I suppose, the first point, regardless of of where we're looking, then that's absolutely key. From a cultural point of view, it's really about um, firstly, going through the process as a business of art- articulating what that is, what it is that we are trying to maintain and retain from the culture, and then we can translate that into our recruitment strategy. So we will always be looking for very dynamic people, people that are extremely intelligent, people that will take a level of risk, people will use their own initiative. And all of those things are skill, but because they're skills and capabilities, then they'll, that will translate into a culture. So it's about being intentional, I think, and ensuring that there is a level of consistency in terms of our selection methodologies internationally without wanting to uh, stifle any level of diversity. 
so that's quite a difficult balance to create, actually. And I think as HR professionals and um, talent professionals, we can kind of stand back from the business occasionally and say, oh, hang on a minute. Actually, we're all we've got a bit of groupthink going on here or whatever it might be. And I think if we're not honest with ourselves in that sense, and again, as HR professionals, if we don't bring that to the business, then then we're doing the business a bit of a disservice. So we will look at our recruitment strategy as well as our talent strategy all of the time to make sure that we're heading in the right direction and that that you can look at those people and you know in all areas of the world and say yeah no they're definitely a Hawkeye person even you know regardless of their background their age or you know their demographic or any other sort of diverse experience that they bring to the party. To, to what extent do you think you um tapped into or utilized capitalized on on local knowledge when you're doing that recruitment because i do a lot of work with organizations that are global and i'm very aware of the differences in in language and approach and you know even presentation of things like job specs role descriptions job titles in different cultures um i I know you said you have around 600 people internally and then same again in associates so how, how do you tap into kind of the best of local knowledge when you need it Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that's one of the biggest benefits. Um, And there are many, but that is a big benefit from an HR perspective where we're hooked into or acquired and owned by Sony. Because generally, Sony, wherever we are in the world, not everywhere, actually, (laughs) but, but generally, there will be a level of Sony presence. So it's about, you know, using those guys, there's a very different culture in, in Sony. So we wouldn't necessarily put all our recruitment through through a local entity but nevertheless we can develop a relationship with those guys to understand a bit more about the local environment and uh, specifically when it comes to the, the legalities of bringing new people into businesses and and how we set up our infrastructure there so 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 that's one aspect I think the other aspect is that Typically, a lot of the people that we've hired are kind of quite internationally exposed, if that's the right phrase. So they will be people that have worked in different places or perhaps lived in different countries when they were children or, or growing up uh, or have been to university there. So we're really clear that 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 we will use our, our people's knowledge and our people's experience as well as understand you know, from Sony where, where we can leverage that experience to. And then, of course, there's nothing better than just getting there and getting on the ground and understanding, chatting to people, talking about things, doing a bit of research. So, yeah, it's really exciting to be building a business in regions that we don't necessarily have anywhere already established. So it's about getting on the ground and getting engaged with people and um, finding the different ways of working. And I think the other thing is that we're always going into regions where we've got a commercial relationship, generally with a federation, and the federation are really clear that they will like us to have locally hired people supporting the local economy, uh, which is the right thing to do for our perspective as well as theirs. So it's about getting to know them as well and getting to know the the sorts of people that they will want to work with too. And the chemistry between the VAR operator and the referee has got to be absolutely right. And uh, referees, as you know, in football are international at at the very core. Uh, So we've got to match that in terms of our talent pool too. Obviously, I thought I'm aware of the role that Hawkeye and VAR and all these things play. I hadn't thought to that depth of the the chemistry and the relationship between the operator and the referee. So that's really interesting. And it kind of makes me wonder if there's referees and operators out there who have their favorite referee or operator to work with and they try and kind of sync up to work at the same time on the same games and things. Um, 
So I said I'd wanted to kind of tap into a little bit of your previous experience as well, if that's okay. We've kind of been talking about the growth of your your talent pool, how you pull people into a business that's growing quickly, and the impact culture and skill and process has on that. Earlier on, you mentioned Twinings and working there and it being more like a family business. And I'm wondering, is there anything from the, the depths of your memory from working back there that you would want to share in terms of the way it maybe shifts in a family business when you're looking at adding people. Yeah, Twinings was owned by ABF and ABF are the family business, but nevertheless, there were uh, still Twinings family members within there. And at the time that I joined, which was a few years ago now, there was a huge change programme happening where people would walk down the corridor and introduce themselves with their name and how long they'd worked for the business rather than, you know, their name and what it was that they brought to, you know, did or their their role or responsibility in the business. So so it was really about maintaining the old with the new in in terms of talent and culture in that sense. So, you know, the, the business needed to speed up, you know, it needed to... To, to work at pace it needed to um, have a probably a higher commercial focus to it so that was the change program that was necessary but nevertheless it was a case of let's not chuck the baby out with the bathwater. we've got something really special here and so again it was about making sure that we got the right people in the right places and that we could retain the experience and tenure that we had within the business while still blending it with some new you know people with different experiences again back to that diversity point but that both of those profile of person had a great deal of respect for the other and I think that was really important is because neither of those two if you talk about them as two individuals could do what the other did or bring what the other brought and so it was about about blending those and 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 doing some creating some activities around that and being really intentional about where we were bringing talent in you know that's obviously got to be built through the strategy too it was a much more uk centric business at that time but nevertheless we still needed to bring in people that did have different experiences and different i suppose different experiences not only in different industries but also different kind of family backgrounds or different relationships or or whatever it might be just to create a level of change and give a catalyst for change without without it being entirely turned over something you said there i I found really interesting and i i I really liked it and it was about the fact that you had these people who are long tenured with a lot of experience a lot of uh, a lot of context and these people who are new who are new talent coming in who maybe they're part of the change in that they're bringing different perspectives and things like that but you said and they respected each other and they valued each other and i think that comes a lot back to a person's mindset because and in particular for the maybe longer tenured one it's very easy for the longer tenured in post to feel threatened by the new or the change or the addition of talent rather than to see it as this is maybe with more of an abundance mentality than a scarcity one this is great because it's going to help and add to my perspectives and what I do and it's going to help me to shape what I do in the future and I just wondered was there anything in the kind of the way you communicated the growth the how you did the recruitment how you talked to the longer tenured people about what was happening and what was going on and maybe the communication of the why that helped them to feel 
not threatened but valued by the change and the additions? Yeah, I think it's about giving people the level of security that they need in order to feel confident that the part that they can play in it for the for the longer servers. And I think it's then about the, the, the terminology. I mean, at a very base level, it's about the terminology of not being, but we've always done it like that, and equally not being, I know you always did it like that, but we're going to do something different. And it's something in between. It's about, okay, well, let's learn from that. What bits worked in that? Okay, well, let's retain a bit of that. And what about try a bit of this? And, you know, those sorts of conversations are very healthy, of course, but it's about making sure that people are happy to have those conversations. And in order to be able to do that, you've got to make people or help people feel a level of not too too comfortable, um, because obviously that, that has its own issues too, but nevertheless still confident that actually they have a part to play and the part that they play is really important as well. Great advice. Thank you. I kind of want to finish this off by doing almost like a a slightly giving you an open mic, an open platform. Is there anything else you'd want to offer as maybe a top tip or two for people when they're thinking about people, their growth, their management, their development, anything that's maybe forefront of mind right now because you're working on something you feel like this is a, a challenge people should be thinking more about or doing more about? I think it's always about what the business is trying to achieve and what the strategy is for the business. And that's going to be different in, in, in different businesses, clearly. And if I think about my experience with Hawkeye, it's, it's really very different from my experience to Berry Brothers and Rudd. Not any more easy, not any more difficult, just different. And it's a, and Berry Brothers and Rudd, that's about getting the, the, the more masters of wine into the business because that, that has got, that's the USP from a human people perspective perspective in Berry Brothers business. It's not about critical mass. It's not about geographical expansion necessarily. So it's really about understanding the strategy of the business and then understanding how you apply that and execute the business strategy. So I guess HR always used to be thought of as challenge and support. Actually, now I think it's much more about execution of the strategy through people. And and so check the organisation. OD is a huge element when it comes to, to people. If the organisation is not designed and developed in the correct way, isn't you know you can find as much talent as you like, but it's just not going to work. It's not going to be free. So it's about you know getting that kind of the structure and the um the design correct uh, for me as a as a as a very kind of fundamental part it's then about looking at the talent and it's then you know leadership and all of those all of those massive subject matters that we could talk about for days um and getting getting them all aligned but but not in isolation it's, it's got to be part of the overarching business strategy and i think that the, the day we kind of separate from that it's the day that, you know, we might as well all go home. I loved one of the expressions you used there, and I, I just wanted to reflect it back to you, but you said the USP from the human people element of the business. Mm. And I think that's a really nice way of capturing the idea of how when you think about who the people are that we need, not just today, but in the future. Yeah, absolutely. This isn't just about recruitment or developing people. This is really about understanding the differences and the nuances that those different people are going to bring to the business. Really exciting. It makes the business. It does. Hilary, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. I've enjoyed the conversation no end. Thank you. Take care. Thank you for listening. Continue the journey at www.theculturebuilders.com.